0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deeply focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, sounding much more hoarse than I usually do. And I am your host this week. I am without Schwebzi. Once again, we are ships in the night passing each other. We just can't get back together right now, unfortunately. We're fighting, really, is what it is. No, so Schwebzee is uh, being a family man and spending time with the in-laws, which you should do from time to time, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to run this one solo. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate it. Uh, real quick, at the top of the show, I'm going to go through the usual song and dance of giving you our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter if you want. We have our shared podcast account that's going to be at in the deep PL. You can also follow us individually at Schwebze. That's S H W E B S I, no C. And then myself at Bunt Singles. Feel free to send us any messages there if you have any questions about your deep league teams or if you just want to chat about whatever. Um, I'm going to hop into it right away here. And I'm going to start off this week's episode talking about someone. It feels like a cardinal sin. To talk about the person that I'm going to talk about on a pitcher list podcast, there's a term that Nick, Nick likes to use when he talks about this pitcher specifically, and that is don't trust the Feddies. Yes, I am talking about Eric Fetty this week. So if you're like me and you like gambling irresponsibly, boy, is this the pickup for you. So it might not exactly be like setting your money on fire like your Heath Ledger's Joker. But this one definitely doesn't come without its risks, right? Um, And again, like I said, it feels like a cardinal sin to talk about Eric Fetty on a Pitcherless podcast. But at this point, Schwebzy and I, I feel, base our brand off of disappointing Papa Nick Pollock. So, sorry, Dad. (laughs) My bad. Um, Now, I'm going to temper expectations here. Obviously, this isn't going to be a flashy stream by any means. He's not going to miraculously overcome a... Awful 26.2% CSW. He's very likely not going to be super efficient and go seven plus innings. So, unless you enjoy suffering, you're certainly not going to want to wa- tune in to watch these streams in real time. Uh, that said, this is like one of my favorite kind of recommendations for this show. And it's one that is a little bit dangerous, even though the matchups are heavily favored for Fetty. So, he's lined up to face a really, really solid pair of teams for a two start week this coming week. Uh, One of the better pairs of matchups, I think, that are available to any pitcher right now in the majors, and that's facing Pittsburgh and Miami. So both of these teams rank in the bottom third of the league in both xwoba woba and K-Base on ball percentage. Uh, and their offenses from night to night are largely anemic. Um, along with that, Fetty, for just against all odds... Over the past few weeks, has put a really solid stretch of games up, firing sixteen point two innings with with a three one eight ERA and a one point one eight WHIP. A lot of it is unfortunately BABIP based. He's got a two fifty BABIP over his last three games. He does actually produce a decent amount of ground ball contact. Um, If he can manage to keep the ball down and keep it in the park and avoid angering the BABIP gods, I think that it's possible Fetty could pitch deep enough into these games that he could steal one or two wins for you folks that are looking for wins uh, in your Roto Leagues right now. I think that's the biggest draw for me is for for someone who has two great matchups coming up this week and can possibly nab you a couple wins, and that's something that's really hard to come by, at least for me it has been this year. I'm happily going to take that. Um, So for those that find themselves in Fab Leagues that run on, run fab on Sunday night I know it's a really scary prospect to lock Fetty into a two-start week and just cross your fingers but really I was looking through the pitchers for this week in terms of pitchers that are rostered under 20 percent and it's pretty thin I mean there's folks that we've talked about previously that I didn't want to reiterate on we haven't covered Fetty yet obviously um if you're in a 15 plus team league Fetty is only 2% rostered between ESPN and Yahoo leagues. And I really think he's probably the best option available right now. So if you want to stream someone and you really like gambling, I think Fetty's going to be your guy this week. All right, now moving on. So I'm going to talk about someone that I have wanted to talk about. I feel like two or three times now, I started writing about him in the notes while we were prepping for the podcast, Schwebze and I. And I just never ended up taking him. I ended up passing him up and just going with someone else. And honestly, not this week. I, I finally decided to sit down and talk about Oscar Gonzalez. And I think this is probably one of my favorite hitters that I've talked about so far this year. There's a ton to be really excited about with him. So I want to dive in here. He doesn't get as much love as other young deep league outfielders. I'm mostly thinking of folks like Riley green and Alec Thomas, who I also, I love them both. Um, They both come to mind here, but, Gonzalez has quietly been putting together a really, really strong rookie campaign. So when you go back to the start of the June, uh, Gonzalez has racked up a 280 average with 21 runs plus RBIs and two homers, both of which have come in the last week. Um, That 280 average, along with a lot of his other metrics, fall right in line with his X stats, including both expected batting average and X WOBA. He's actually slightly underperforming his expected batting average, which is really nice, actually. So it's it's not really a fluke there. He's putting up a solid average, and it's it seems legit. Um On top of that, if you look at his quality of contact metrics, Gonzalez has put up really, really sturdy exit velocities. He's got a 113 max exit velocity, and then he's putting up a 90.8 on average, which is excellent. And his hard hit rates are 45.7%. So, he, I mean, since his call-up, He's been consistently hitting the ball hard. Like, I went and looked at his batted ball distribution on Baseball Savant, which is honestly like an excellent tool to see if someone's max EV is actually somewhat legit or not, or if their average EV is legit. Because you want people hitting the ball hard with regularity when you're looking at folks in terms of like a fantasy profile. And his biggest basket in terms of how hard he's hit the ball is in the 100 to 110 mile per hour range, which is always excellent to see. Uh so hitting the ball hard and with regularity is all we can hope for for someone like this. Um one thing that I noticed while digging into Gonzalez was that he does have a noticeably above average amount of swing and miss in his game, but his K rate is still really low. It's it's well below league average. Um it didn't take that much digging to figure out why And it's probably just because he swings so much in general. So, like your average hitter in the majors this year swings 47.4% of the time. Oscar Gonzalez swings 59.3% of the time. He does not leave the bat on his shoulder very often. And I mean, that's a good thing if you're in a batting average league. OBP league gets a little bit less concerning uh, or uh, less encouraging, excuse me, uh, because unfortunately, a really, really high swing rate like this means he doesn't walk as much as one might like at 4.8%. Uh so again, upside there in OBP leagues, not what we want. Definitely more of an average league option if you want to pick up Oscar Gonzalez. But hey, at least he's not going down without a fight. Um overall, I really think that the plate discipline and batted ball profile are pretty fun to look at and speak to his success, though I think he could do with being a tad more selective at the plate. So the other thing that I found, and then is probably my favorite thing about Gonzalez. Obviously, if you've checked out any of the games, any of the box scores over the past few weeks, is his current spot in the batting order. So Gonzalez is barely a full month into his major league tenure, and he's already secured himself a spot in the heart of the Cleveland Guardians lineup, including a ton of recent work in the cleanup spot right behind Jose Ramirez. That is an incredible spot to find yourself in and one that will, if he can stick there for the long term will lead to plenty of rbi opportunities so i'm really excited about that prospect with oscar gonzalez um while it's funny to me because i looked at his baseball savant profile and he only has two sliders up at the top of his page everyone loves looking at those sliders as like a quick snapshot of player performance and kind of uh, underlying data uh he only has two available sliders but both of them are very very much in the red and there's they're the two sliders that I think a lot of fantasy baseball players love to look at when they go to someone's savant page. That's sprint speed, 92nd percentile, and Max exit velo which he's in the 91st percentile on. So like he's hitting the ball really, really hard. He's got that speed as well. There's some possibilities for stolen bags there, which is always excellent to see. Um, I don't know. Basically, the more and more that I look into Oscar Gonzalez, the more that what I've seen from him feels really legit so far. Uh, right now, his roster ship is at 6% between ESPN and Yahoo League, so I'm really confident that there's not going to be, I mean, in terms of the combination of profile plus the lineup composition and where he's going to be hitting in that Guardians lineup, although it's not a top-tier lineup, it's going to be an excellent spot in that lineup. Uh There's tons of batting average and RBI upside here, so I'm slamming the add button if he's available in any of my leagues. Uh, Mostly I'm looking at like 15 team, three outfielder leagues or any 12 plus team league with five outfielders. Uh, Oh, and then also one other small little nugget that I loved about this is that he does not qualify yet because it doesn't have enough at bats or plate appearances, excuse me, but he'd currently be tied with Shohei Otani with a 132 WRC plus. So, uh Oscar Gonzalez uh as good as Otani at hitting. Confirmed. Uh but yeah. All right. We're gonna take a moment here to take a quick ad break early on in the episode, and then I'm gonna be back with one more very short deep dive and a few honorable mentions to end out the episode. All right, we're back. So, one person that I wanted to cover really quickly a little bit deeper than an honorable mention but not a true deep dive is Alec Thomas. So, Alec Thomas dipped back below the 20% uh, roster ship threshold, so I want to quick cover him. And again, we just going I kind of want to just remind folks that he exists. Um, he had a bit of a rough patch shortly after his call up and initial hot start. Right after I happen to have covered him on this show, <laughs> but over the past two weeks he's been having a bit of a resurgence. He's collecting all the counting stats you love for your roto leagues: runs, RBIs, stolen bases, and homers. While carrying an average that's going to help you out too. It's not going to definitely not going to hurt you. Um, just like the first time I covered him, he is starting every day in center field currently for the Diamondbacks. Eventually, Corbin Carroll will get called up. I don't know when that's going to be, and he'll probably shift to left field after that. But the newest and most exciting development here about Alec Thomas is that he's been finding himself hitting second in that lineup after a 12-game hitting streak where he had four stolen bases, Uh, unfortunately ended a couple days ago, but he's tucked right in front of teammates Cattell Marte and Christian Walker in the lineup right now, so that the spot means two things. Obviously, when you're at the top of the lineup like that, there's going to be more plate appearances. Also, there's more opportunities for you when you do get on base to be driven in by teammates who are just higher-quality hitters at the top of that lineup. And obviously, uh, Christian Walker, tons of home runs so far this year. Catal Marte, when he's going good, is an excellent hitter. So this is a stark contrast from when he first got called up and was initially hitting 7th and 8th most days in that lineup. Um, I also mentioned in my first write-up of Thomas that you shouldn't really be concerned with his lack of walks early on as the skills allowed him to rack up an 11-plus percent walk rate in AAA before his call-up. I mean, they're still there. Um, He's not in the double digits yet in terms of walk rate, but he's putting up a 7.8% walk rate, which is just below league average, and it's more than respectable, um, especially when he's striking out less than 18% of the time. like That's excellent. He's not going down without a fight, kind of like Oscar Gonzalez. Um, Now, I, I think it's really important to note this. He has hit Second in the last four or five games. But the one start that he did not hit second was the only start against a left-hand pitcher, uh, and he was further down the lineup for that. That said, I am happily going to roster Alec Thomas in my deep leagues, knowing he's in line for far more plate appearances at this point, because honestly, just getting plate appearances is the name of the game in a lot of these deeper leagues. Some uh, Leagues like TGFBI, especially, um, maximizing the amount of juice that you can squeeze out of all of your hitters, every single week, especially when you have weekly lineups, is super important. So having someone that's going to get like four, five, six more at-bats because they're at the top of the order is huge. Um, so definitely love Alec Thomas still. Uh, surprised that he dropped below the 20% rostership threshold that we used to talk about players on this show, but I'm happy to talk about him again here. All right, and then let's just dip right into some honorable mentions. I only have five here. I wanted to keep it pretty short and sweet this week because obviously my voice is a little bit hoarse. And also, it's just me. It's hard to talk by myself for this whole time. Uh so Lane Thomas was the first one that I want to bring up. And this is an ode to Schwebsey. did cover him last week. He loves Lane Thomas. The dude has been putting up excellent just quality at bats as of late, is walking at an exceptional rate. I am a bit concerned though, about Lane Thomas, and this is something to monitor and something that I wanted to bring up. So yes, I'm kind of crapping on Schwebsey here, and I apologize, buddy. But in the last week or so, he's been relegated to the ninth, ninth, and sixth spot in the lineup for his last three starts. He was hitting first for a while before that, so it's concerning to see him get shifted down to the bottom of the lineup um I would keep an eye on this, and if he is for the time being relegated to the bottom of the lineup, he becomes a less a just a less attractive option in general um so just keep an eye on it. I think that the or the uh I think that the skills are there, excuse me. But I would definitely be sure to look at what his spot in the lineup is going to be before you take him, throw him in your lineups, because you want to get all those plate appearances from week to week. Uh, Next up is Jorge Alfaro. Uh, So Schwebzee covered Alfaro, much to my uh, joy, last week. And the trend of Alfaro raking has continued since then, as he has called the ball some more and continues to put up a hilarious last 50 plate appearance trend line like if you look at the top of someone's savant page it has the trend line of what their ex-woba has been over the past 50 plate appearances 100 250 plate appearances his last 50 plate appearance ex-woba trend line is just disgustingly high and just funny um he's similar to oscar gonzalez as well as uh christian bethman who schwebzy also covered last week uh and the draw here is the power speed combo so he puts up elite exit velocities to go with a ninetieth percentile sprint speed as someone who is catcher eligible. That is the biggest thing here is that Alfaro is still catcher eligible, and I think he will be next year. I think he will catch enough games this year to get it um he's again easily rosterable in any two catcher leagues, and while he's going hot like he is and he's on this heater, I would absolutely think about rostering him and having him be my catcher in a twelve team one catcher league um he's been great as of late, so yeah uh. Okay. Oh okay. So this is really starting to feel like a Jordan plays the hits episode. I swear I'm not trying to do this. It's just that these folks continually are under rostered. I love talking about them and love highlight- highlighting them. So I'm very quickly just going to stump for Darren Ruff. Please pick up Darren Ruff. The at bats aren't as plentiful as other folks that I've spoken about here. Obviously, the at bats and the plate appearances need to be there. But when he is playing regularly, he puts up quality plate appearances, and the dude rocks just. One of the best OBPs in the league and we'll get his counting stats when he gets his playing time. So if you have daily leagues that you can make those daily moves, please, please, please pick up Darren Roth. Um, but yeah. All right. Let me think here. So you know what? I just realized something. I'm going to talk about two pitchers. They're both Baltimore Oriole pitchers. I don't know if we have an affinity for Baltimore Oriole pitchers here now, because I know that Schwebsey talked about Tyler Wells last week as well, and I'm going to cover him here briefly again. Um there's something there there's something I like a lot about Tyler Wells, and I think it's mostly that he has an excellent shape on his changeup, yet it doesn't always get excellent results. Um and it's really hard to pitch. A guy like this who has a really poor K percentage and he gives up a decent amount of hard contact is someone you should pick up. But Wells has put up great numbers over the past couple of weeks and has continually found ways to make things work for himself. I mean, you can't argue with the results. Uh, A lot of it can be contributed to the fact that he hasn't been giving up free passes at least until his last start where he walked four, which was unfortunate. Um, I would obviously avoid in less favorable matchups, like when he's facing divisional rivals like the Red Sox or the Yankees. I would probably, the blue Jays who absolutely shellacked the Brewers last night. Um, I'd avoid mostly, but the pitch limit now for Tyler Wells, this was the biggest kind of issue that we had. I think with him talking about him previously is that he was a reliever, became a starter the pitch counts were always super, super low, and you weren't sure if he was going to go deep enough into the game to qualify for a win. He's now done that in his past three starts, and he has three wins in a row. So that's something to be encouraged about in terms of a streamer. So I kind of like Tyler Wells. On the other side of that too, we have another Oriole pitcher that I want to talk about here. And this is literally based solely off of his last start where he had his cutter for the first time in forever. And that's Dean Kramer. I don't know why this is such an Orioles pitching love fest, but he dominated the White Sox. And like I said, his cutter was there in his last outing, which it hasn't been for a really long time. I was reading Nick's uh, SP roundup regarding this start, and Kramer's cutter had a 41% CSW against the White Sox. Uh, If he has this pitch and it's working for him, he's a different pitcher completely uh the fastball is always pretty decent he elevates it well if the cutter is there it's something to keep an eye on so he gets seattle early next week if you want i wouldn't feel super terrible about streaming him against seattle if you feel like waiting and seeing if the cutter is still there or if like anything like that shows up i totally understand but that's going to be my my recommendation there with kramer is potentially pick him up for a stream there if you feel comfortable enough or you're really really desperate um and if the results are there, then feel free to nap them off the wire after that. All right. And that'll be the, it for this week's episode of In the Deep. Thank you so much for joining me once again here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, thank you for the folks that reached out last week after they found out that I was sick. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you like the show and you want to follow us on our social media accounts, once again, I'm going to fire that off here. You can follow us on our shared podcast account that's at In the Deep PL. You can also follow me individually at Bunt Singles and then Schwebze at SHW EBSI No C. Uh, and then also, if you want to send us any mailbag questions that you might have, you can send those to in the deep PL at gmail.com. Uh, and we will be back next week with another episode. Schwebze, see you next week, buddy.